You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. How will uh, Zach Wilson play? And the uh, answer clearly is he won't. <laughs> I don't know that uh, even if uh, Mike, I mean, it's not even a question if Mike White plays like this, you're never going to change the quarterback. Um, but that's not realistic. I'm sure at some point Mike White is going to see struggles. But you have to ask yourself, what levels will the struggles have to be? It seems like part of the problem that the Jets have had with Zach Wilson is that they have continually propped him up and done every bent over backwards to you know make him feel comfortable allow him to kind of have the run of things even when the results have not been there they've done everything they can they bring in his personal coach to be part of the coaching staff you know every time that he does a little something they blow it out like it's something uh, some amazing thing he's going to take this giant leap forward in year 2 and and it's not been there so I do think that it's not just about, um, about the now. I think it's about the future as well. And, and we talked about Zach Wilson losing the locker room. I think if, if Robert Sala were to put Zach Wilson back in there at the first signs of struggles for Mike White and not make it a fair thing, I think he might lose the locker room because you saw the way the guys reacted yesterday, man. They, again, it seemed like they were released. They were, they were freed finally. Uh, to 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 play football the way that they want to play football. They got the ball. They weren't watching balls fly over their heads. They weren't, you know, the passes weren't hitting the dirt five yards in front of them. So it was clear that those guys, yeah, they rallied around Mike White because they want to win, and, and he's the quarterback at that moment. But it was clear that this has been an issue for them for a little while. The, 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 the skill position players felt like they were being stifled by the play of the quarterback. So I, I think that you're going to have to really see Mike White struggle for a while uh, before you can make the argument that, like, what's going to be the argument that you're going to get Zach Wilson back in there when he's been as bad as he has been? And it's been consistent. And it's, again, it's 20 games. And you might say, well, it's only 20 games. Yes, but that's how bad it is that you're pulling the second pick in the draft. And rightfully so. It's clearly the right decision because he's been that bad. So I, I, I just don't see um, how you can, uh, even if Mike White does go out there and struggle to some degree, uh, if you're putting Zach Wilson back in there and the season is still up for grabs, it almost feels like you're waving the white flag and, and just trying to, trying to pull something out of your hat, hoping that Zach Wilson with some time off is going to be better than he's been because he's been terrible so far. All right, let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number. Let's start off with uh, Brennan is in New Jersey. Brennan, first up on ESPN New York tonight. Gordon, how you doing tonight? I'm good, man. What's going on? Good. I, I agree with every single thing that you've said and everybody, everything that everybody has said, you know, throughout the day on ESPN radio. And I, I, I can't argue. But my only question is, let's go back like about three. Well, I'll preface First off, that I am not a Jets fan. I am a Cowboys fan. However, I've been to a plethora of Jets games over the last couple seasons, and it's just been awful, just going with friends and whatnot. But also, at the same time, let's go back about four or five weeks, and if we think about the Chicago Bears, prior to about four weeks ago, people were questioning Justin Fields. Now, I think Justin Fields is legit, and I just don't think he has the supporting cast around him. The Jets threw in Mike White out of desperation. You know, the you know, the locker room fell apart, not trust 
missing him and whatnot. But we're talking about beating a Chicago team without a team, without Justin Fields. So I'm just wondering, and and I'm picking your brain, I'm just wondering, do you really think that this was a huge win? That No, no. And I said, I don't know if you heard the opening of the show. Yeah, Brenna, I said that this tells me more about Zach Wilson than it does Mike White. Um, so yeah, I, I completely agree with you. you. You know, you're saying that Mike White, oh, I beat the bears. Uh, it, it's not that big, you know, you, you're, you're sacrificing your supposed franchise quarterback to get somebody in there for the right now. It's a short sighted move when we see from week to week as much changes. And you're right. Justin Fields about a month ago, uh, people were questioning him, but I think the questioning there is they don't, again, he's in a, in a, a much tougher situation. Justin Fields and a lot of the questions there were they were not playing to his strengths they were not allowing him to just kind of make plays with his legs the way that he has here the last month well obviously not yesterday but you know what I'm saying Um, but he's in a much more difficult situation and what you see is you could have somebody come in and Mike White and and I don't know that Mike White is the long-term answer for anybody at quarterback but he looked sensational And, and look at what an upgrade it was immediately in bad conditions Right. I mean, and I think if you were going to go back to Zach Wilson anytime soon, that's the spot to do it. That's what I think. I think a lot of people thought, yeah, they were they were toying with a quarterback change. But this is not the spot to do it in when you're going up again. This is the spot to get Zach Wilson right. And they didn't get him right because he didn't play. And Mike White got in there and looked sensational. And he looked better yesterday than Zach Wilson has really at any stretch here. And that's the thing. Like, I know it's only 20 games, but it's been pretty consistent. Like, you're winning in spite of him. And he has some flashes here or there. But even for quarterbacks, like franchise quarterbacks, highly drafted quarterbacks who have gone on to good careers but struggled early on, I don't know that you can find one that has struggled to this degree um, through the first 20. Like, Eli struggled at times, right? But he had far more good big games where he, he produced – than, than Zach Wilson has so far. Um, Drew Brees is another guy. First couple of years, it was it was a little rough. I think he had more big games than Zach Wilson has had. So um, it's uh, it's a tough situation. But no, I, look, I don't take yesterday as saying Mike White's the answer. He's the answer right now. But it's more because Zach Wilson has been as bad as he's been. Uh, let's go out to uh, Nicholas is in the car. Nicholas, you're next up on the Go- uh, 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 ESPN hey, New York tonight. It's tonight? not the Gordon Damer show. Sorry. Go ahead, Nicholas. Hey, how you doing tonight? How you doing? I'm good, man. What's going on? Good. Um, I want to piggyback off of some of the things you said about Zach Wilson and um, the fact of Mike White. Uh, Mike White. Mike White looks brilliant yesterday in the rain, in the pour. Looks fantastic. But I want to bring up a point that I guess you can re- share some rebuttal on. Is it fair to say that we're jumping the gun a little bit here on Mike White? I mean, yes, again, to reiterate, he looked great, great in the rain, but is it fair to say that we're jumping the gun? Well, I mean, look, it, it, it depends on what, what your statement is. Um, if your statement is, hey, the Jets have found their franchise quarterback and it's Mike White, yes, you're absolutely jumping the gun. And I think right. you can say you're jumping the gun if you think that even next season Mike White is going to be the Jets' starting quarterback. That would be jumping the gun. But to sure. say at this point, even with the limited amount of play that we've seen from Mike White, at least we know it's in there. Even in the limited time that we've seen him play, we know that it's in there in, in now two specific examples where I don't know that you can say that it's in there for sure with, with Zach Wilson at this point. At least we have not seen it to this degree. Okay. Um, just uh, 
in, in your opinion, what would a bad game have to be for Mike White to get, you know, booted out and for Zach Wilson to be given another chance at quarterback? You know what? I think it would almost have to be more than just one bad game, Nick. I, I got to be honest with you, and thanks for the phone call. I, look, if, it, if, it's the, if it's the Buffalo game like uh, last year where he threw the four picks, I guess something like that might be the case. But again, um, I, I think that you have to give him a little bit of a longer rope than just one bad performance. Because again, the guy you're going back to, I know they can say that, uh, you know, and it's all well and good for the organization to say whatever they want. The, the players have kind of told you um, that they, they don't, they, they are not missing Zach Wilson at all. Uh, now, look, if, if Mike White goes out there and really start, uh, I, I mean, think about how bad he would have to be to play like Zach Wilson, like missing wide open receivers, um, the, 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 the players frustrated on the field that they're, you know, like almost comp- openly complaining on the field. Um, so it's one thing for the organization to say whatever they want. Here's the thing about the organization. They've got it wrong every step of the way here. It's, it clearly seems even 20 games in like they picked the wrong guy. Uh, they were wrong to give him the job immediately because he was not ready. Uh, they gave him no competition, which was obviously the wrong. Now, look, maybe even if they gave him competition, that would not uh, have worked in getting his head you know, in the right direction because I think that's also part of it. Clearly, there's a mental aspect, and there was reports that he's been dealing with the yips. That, I mean, you keep throwing gasoline on the fire every step of the way here with how bad this thing looks. So the organization, they've got it wrong. It feels like every step of the way here. So even though uh, Robert Sala can say, you know, our plan is to get Zach Wilson back in there, he can change that plan. If you can go from Sunday saying that changing the quarterback was the furthest thing from his mind to the next, what was it, Monday, right? I think it was Monday that he came out and said, yeah, you know, we're weighing everything. That tells you two things. You can change your mind at any point along the way, and pulling the quarterback in that game against New England uh, clearly does not seem like it was Robert Salas' call. That seems like it was an organizational call. Uh, Edwin is in the Bronx. Edwin, you're next up on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, what's going on, my man? I was just uh, listening to your comments there, and I feel that the Jets need to ride with Mike Wallace, I mean Mike White, until the I think Mike sport, Wallace, basically. 60 minutes. Let's do it, baby. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> you know, they need to roll with this guy to the wheels fall off. Like, I think, you know, he's not the future. But honestly, do we really know if Zach is, you know? And this kid is playing good. Jet fans are so starved for a winning season and a playoff berth. Let's ride this kid until the wheels fall off. And if it doesn't work out, so be it. But, you know, I think we need to give him at least a two, three game cushion. And that way you don't lose the locker room if he messes up. Because if he has one bad game and they pull him and Zach comes back in and stinks it up, then where where are we? Oh, I mean, you're sunk. I, you're, you're absolutely sunk. Yeah, I mean, look, Edwin, I, I completely agree with you. I, I, I don't even think it's a debate. I mean, how could you even debate it at this point, right? Uh, you know, sports yeah, I mean, talk radio runs on debate. Can you imagine that? Yeah. yeah I, I mean, mean it's, not, it's not a, a question. With quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I just wanted to say that, brother. Thank you, man. And All right, I hope Edwin. Thanks keep- for the phone call, man. Um, yeah, I, look, if Mike White goes out there against Minnesota, I'll say this. In terms of passing defenses, I was looking at some numbers uh, earlier today. The Jets' final games here, it's it's not like they're they're going up against, you know, shutdown corners or, or difficult pass. I mean, there, there'll be some some opportunities to make plays. And here's the thing. 
you, you're not asking Mike White to go out there and throw for 300 yards every single week. You're, now, that's what it was this week because you were playing a bad pass defense and there were plays to be made, but that's not what you're at. You're, you're asking him to do the same things that you were asking Zach Wilson to do. It's just that Mike White has a little bit of a better ability to do those things uh, and, and not cost you games by turning the ball over. At least that was the case yesterday. So it's not like now with Mike White, hey, we're going to open up the offense and we're going to throw it 30 times a week. No, it's still going to be run the ball, rely on the defense, make a play here or there. And at least for one game, at least in the sample size that we have seen Mike White, he has a better ability to do that than Zach Wilson does at this point. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, we'll get more of your phone calls involved. We'll hear from Steve Young, who was on the Michael K. Show earlier today, his thoughts on Zach Wilson and whether or not Zach Wilson's time with the Jets is done. So we'll get that coming up. It is the Gordon. It's not the Gordon Tamer. It's ESPN New York tonight. And we take you up until midnight only here on 98.7 FM and the all new ESPN New York app. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Jets have, you know, the, when the Jets open up next season, and that's very far away, I don't know that the, the starting quarterback of the Jets next season is on the Jets right now. And if he's not, well, then it's pretty clear. They have to, absolutely have to go find a veteran. I don't know that it's, you know, I know that there's some talk about Aaron Rodgers. Would that be the guy? Oh, you don't want to go down the road of Brett Favre again? Uh, that that would be far better than anything that you've seen here from the Jets the last two years. And And you think about it, if Zach Wilson's not the guy and Mike White is not the guy, you're not going to have a high pick this year. You're, you're kind, it's clear you're a win-now kind of team. And it's clear that the last couple of times you've picked quarterbacks, your GMs have completely botched it. So if the Jets are going to have a different quarterback next year, it's, it's clearly going to have to be a, a veteran. They can't go down. The last thing we need is another draft. We're going to draft this guy. No, no, no. We're good. I think we're good there. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number. Uh, Richard is in Manhattan. Richard, you're next up on ESPN New York tonight. Hi, Gordon. You know, I got to hand it to you guys, the sports call-in shows, and listening to the uh, morning guys. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson and Buddha. I mean, they were they knew right away, third week of the season, that this guy was not our quarterback. They didn't see anything in him, even when the Jets were doing okay with the yeah. Zach. You know, Buddha would call and say, no, I don't see it. I don't see what the Jets see in this guy. Keyshawn, he said from the very beginning they should have taken Justin Fields over him. But, I mean, time will tell. We can't give up yet on him. But I'll say that, that, you know, listening to the sports shows, you guys were 100% right. Well, look, uh, when you're winning games, you're not going to change the quarterback for a guy sure. who was oh, the second pick in the draft. No. But when no. – I mean, he left you no choice. You know what I mean? Especially with his attitude. Like, if he had come in after that New England game and said, you know what, it's on me, I got to get better, even taking more responsibility than maybe he even deserved, I think he'd probably still be the starting quarterback. But I think yeah. that, that that was an indication of how he's like all the time. And his attitude has rubbed a lot of people. It, le- it looks like the wrong way. Yeah, must be. You know what I noticed yesterday in the game? It looked like Mike White wasn't playing in the rain. He never slipped. He never no. threw the ball badly. I mean, he looked like it, it didn't even affect him. I never saw a quarterback 
play in such bad conditions, and it was bad outside. I mean, I was here in the city, and I didn't even want to walk around. And it was really pouring, and he just seemed so smooth and confident. I mean, you could see the way he stands in the pocket. He's got good po- – I mean, I'm not an expert. I can't tell whether his delivery is good, whether he's accurate, whether he's got a great – I can't tell that. But what I see is when he stands in the pocket, he looks like a quarterback. He looks like he's surveying the field. He looks like he's looking for the first or the second read or the third read. He steps up, do you see, like a couple times – I mean, he's not Ben Roethlisberger, but he steps it up and moves, just shuffles his feet enough to get the ball like Eli Manning used to do. You know, they knew how to get away from the rush without really leaving the pocket. And uh, he, he looks good. Zach, to me, always looked small, always looked like a small guy, always looked like he was going to rush out of the pocket. Now, I always thought he was rushing out of the pocket to make a play with his feet. But I think he was panicking more now when I look back. You know, he just he, – he certainly didn't have pocket presence. No. But uh, – this guy yesterday, I mean, he had a great year. I mean, he had a couple of, he had that one great game last year against Cincinnati, and I thought he should have had more of a chance last year, but I understood the Jets. They wanted to, and the callers all agreed too last year. Oh, we got to get back, we got to get Zach back in because we have to see what we have. So, you know, he got short shifted last year, Mike, Mike White, but, uh, it, it may it may turn out for the best. We'll see what happens in Minnesota. It was a wonderful game, though, yesterday. You know what? You know what? To me, the biggest play of the game was Gordon, really. And I still wasn't sure up until this point. But right after this play, and it was in the second, in the first half, uh, the field goal, the fifty-seven yard field goal. And I got to give the coach Salah credit. I mean, I didn't know what he was doing. And then it was fourth and two. Then they lined up and they tried to draw Chicago. I didn't know what he was, what his angle was there. I didn't know whether they were going to punt, whether they were going to go for it. Or I didn't know what they were. And when he lined up for the field goal, I said to myself, are you crazy in this way? Right, in the weather, it, yeah, right. And it, look, I couldn't believe is, it. And, right. and when, Field goal. I said, no, no way the Jets are going to lose this game. Gordon, always a pleasure. Thank you. All right, Richard. Thanks for the phone call as always. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, that that's certainly in a different spot. You know, if they had been playing New England, that, that could have been a 27-yard field goal and it would have went wrong, right? But, uh, no, 57. Uh, nails that right before the half. They come out, get another touchdown, you know, midway through the third quarter, the Elijah Moore touchdown. And then, to me, as soon as that one happened, it was like, you know, come on. It's, it's, it's over. So, uh, and it just, it just seemed like every guy had more energy, played with more energy, played with, they had like a, again, I, I don't know another way to put it. It seems like they were like released that they've been, they'd been stifled for so long. And you know, the, the, they, they finally had a, a new teacher and they excelled. Um, every guy on the offense looked to have more energy yesterday and, uh, it was a night and day difference. It was, it was clear from really jump. Um, you know, I know that the, they scored in the opening drive, they fall behind 10, seven and, you know, look, you know, things can, the weather, you know, who knows how these things play out, but then you get uh, to me, the big play was that Garrett Wilson touchdown. As soon as you get the lead back there, uh, I didn't really feel like the bears, uh, were really going to make much of a threat, even though it was only 14, 10 at that point. Uh, and sure enough, jets own the second half. Their, their defense generally owns the fourth quarter. So, uh, a, a much you know look they had they had to have that win you cannot be uh, you cannot afford to lose any games to a team that has three wins coming in in week twelve.
1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get more of your phone calls. A lot of people still want to get in on the Jets. we got to touch on the Giants after their performance. Now where things kind of stand with them after the loss of the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. So we still got lots to do. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. It is Gordon Damer flying solo on this Monday night right here on ESPN New York tonight and the all-new ESPN New York app. What up, Jet fans? It's Keyshawn Johnson. And this is your home for New York Jets football. This is 98.7 ESPN. WEPN-FM, New York. Following up uh, the Thanksgiving holiday, hopefully everybody had a good Thanksgiving and got to enjoy plenty of uh, football with uh, the Jets, obviously, uh, yesterday, but also the Giants, of course, on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys. And, um, you know, Giants right now, uh, find themselves all banged up and in a, a, I mean, I'd say a tough part of the schedule, but it's like everybody's schedule is pretty much tough. I would say one thing, though. We're, we're talking, you know, so much focus is going to be on this game against Washington and the Giants' schedule here the next three weeks. Commanders, Eagles, Commanders. How, do, how does the NFL schedule so that somebody has a bye week in week 14? Washington has a bye week. In week 14 of the season, they go from this week, week 13, they play the Giants, they get a bye week in week 14, and then they play the Giants again. That kind of, In between, the Giants get to play the Eagles. That seems like a pretty big uh, statistical advantage. And um, look, these games against Washington, they're going to be key and, and almost as important as what the Seahawks are going to do. Because unlike the AFC, which feels like it's a little bit more wide open, um, in the NFC... It really does feel like if you get to 10, man, you're golden because uh, it doesn't see – I don't think – I think the Seahawks now um, might have a tough time making the playoffs. I think the Giants are still in a better spot than Washington. I still think even though they lost to the Seahawks, I think that they're still in a better spot than the Seahawks. The only problem, obviously, they don't have the tiebreaker there. Uh, but these games against Washington, if the Giants could ever win both of these games – uh, they would be set, uh, even with the brutal schedule. And if you're looking for three wins the rest of the way, you almost kind of maybe have to win both games against the Commanders. Because do you think you're going to beat the Eagles? Uh, do you think you're going to go into Minnesota and beat the Vikings? Because that's basically uh, – they get the Colts. Uh, I'm chalking up the Colts game. That's a must win. You have to have that win. And now you see just how big of a loss that loss to the Lions was. Because all of a sudden you're sitting here 8-3, and three, even with the hot streak Washington's on. Uh, you wouldn't feel quite so nervous. And it almost feels like, you know, the Giants could wind up finding themselves in like the worst kind of spot where this first year, if they don't make the playoffs and then they don't have the high pick, it almost kind of feels like a wasted year. When when you're sitting there at, what were they, seven and two? Uh, You know, like you got to make the playoffs that year. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. I don't want to hear about injuries. I don't want to hear about schedule. When you haven't made the playoffs five years in a row, you got to make the playoffs. Uh, and that's what the Giants have to do. They have to figure out a way to get a couple of wins here down the stretch. If it's beating Washington two times, if it's going into Minnesota and finding a way, beating the Eagles one of the two games, you got to find a way to get into the playoffs. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go to Mike is in New Jersey. Mike, you're next up on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, what's going on, Gordon? Hey, Mike. Yeah, so... You know, I'm not saying that Zach Wilson isn't bad because he is, but, you know, all day today I'm listening to the sports radio and I'm scrolling through Twitter and listening to the radio and 
going through Twitter and everybody's saying the same thing. But at what point, Gordon, are we going to start pointing our, our fingers at this organization for yet again failing to develop a quarterback? I mean, this, this organization is notorious for sticking their hand in the cookie jar, taking a bite of the cookie, and going back for another one after discarding the cookie. I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm not, like I said, I'm not saying Zach Wilson's not bad, but I mean, I've been a fan since 95. I've seen him come and I've seen him go. At what point are people just going to start pointing to the organization that they're the reason why Zach Wilson is bad? Well, look, I, I do think that um, there's two parts of it, Mike, and thanks for the phone call. I, I do think that Zach Wilson has not really shown you anything to be the second pick in the draft, and it does feel like it was a he was kind of a one-year wonder at, at BYU and a lot of the issues he had there dealing with pressure have certainly popped up here. Um, but at the end of the day, it is on the organization, and the guy who is – it seemed me like bulletproof because he'd done, I guess, a good job on the other parts of the team, and that would be Joe Douglas. I mean, he's the guy that picked the quarterback, so uh, that, that that's a major part of the GM. You, you, when you talk about GMs in the NFL, yeah, you want to make sure your GM gets the right head coach, and that is about finding the quarterback. And if you're telling me, and it certainly seems like right now there's a good possibility that Zach Wilson, that 20 games in, you already know that he is not the guy that that's that has to go down as one of the biggest draft busts of all time because again unlike Jamarcus Russell unlike Ryan Leaf unlike you know Tim Couch or Joey Harrington or Achilles Smith those guys went into bad teams maybe unwinnable kind of situations that is not the case here with Zach Wilson Zach Wilson came in and you've seen the thing that's been holding the Jets back has been Zach Wilson so yeah I mean there is part of it that they have not been able to develop the quarterback and it's you know it's a very inexact science. They they did they they dev, I think they've done things that try to kind of boost him up and and make him feel like he's the man and he's good to go and uh, you know they did everything they could. They gave him the job right away. Let him go through his struggles that first year. Take his bumps, right, so to speak. But it does not seem like there has been any dividends and there has not been any improvement. And, and every step of the way, they've, they've kind of told, oh, no, you know, it's going to be better. It's, you know, he's going to take a big leap this year, too. And that has not been the case. You know, the, the reason why Mike White has got in there was not because the Jets wanted to go to Mike White. They, went, they had to because they didn't – they had no – they really had no other options, clearly. And there mu- it, it's not – you know, like we can all see the production, and I think that that's what we're basing our decisions on. It's clear that behind the scenes there has to be a lot of stuff going on because just like just take a look at the way guys were were reacting yesterday getting the ball and spa- you know like getting the ball right away getting hit when they're open tough throws it has to be in a, uh, uh, the perfect spot it is in the perfect spot you saw the way they reacted and that was not the way they've been reacting so far this season when uh, when Zach Wilson has been in there Robbie is in Massachusetts Robbie next up on ESPN New York tonight Hey, Gordon, I know you're not a big hockey guy, so I'll just mention the Giants, but I wanted to mention the Rangers also as well. Um, with all the giant injuries, I know the guys got coming back. Um, would you go out and would you sign Beckham just for the rest of the season, just so the Giants have somebody who may be able to break one? Or do you think it's just a waste of time and, you know, Joe Shane has a plan and he just sort of stick to yeah, it at this point? Yeah, I don't think that that's part of it. Like, to me, it always has to be with the Giants. Like, what's the good long-term play? Right, right. Like, right. It, it just doesn't seem like, it, and I'm not telling you that Beckham would come here and not help, 
but I think that whoever right. signs him is not just signing him for the now, it's signing him for the future because he's not going to be 100%, I wouldn't think, coming off. Exactly, the with injuries. all the needs. I know you're taking a chance. You no, know, I know you're taking a chance of that. But you know what? I have Coach and Coach Dave a lot of faith, and I think they'll put the g- a good game plan together on, on, uh, on Sunday. Anyway, I got to talk about the Rangers. I know you're not a big hockey guy, but there's something seriously wrong with this team. When you come up a, lo- a loss like they did, okay, on Saturday afternoon, and you come out and you get a 2 nothing lead again, and you play basically 10 minutes of hockey. You know, the problem with this team is Chris Drury has done a lousy job in the offseason here. He went out and got Vinny Trocek, which I like. But you took three guys and you signed them, at the, you know, not signed them, but you got them at the trade deadline, and you didn't get any of them re-signed. Frank Petrano was a guy who could have scored 20 goals. It's clear that Kako and Lafreniere have not developed. And when you see Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer develop the way they have this season, I mean, the Devils are playing out of their mind. I, I can't believe how good the Devils are. I'm going to Jack, who's a backup bully for the Capitals. It started a lot last year as the second coming of Billy Smith. And like all these guys are playing over their heads. I mean, the Devils are just put together a really good team. And I give Tommy Fitzgerald and that organization a lot of credit because they finished at the bottom a lot. And now they're, you know, it's paying its dividends with all these young kids. But the Rangers are showing me no heart. And you know what really bothers me? They trade a guy like Ryan Reeves. I know Ryan Reeves doesn't score. But you know what Ryan Reeves brings to this team that they don't have right now? Energy, leadership, emotion, physicality. You have nobody that's a, that's, that's a clear uh, uh, enforcer now on the ice. I mean, I don't know what the hell they're doing. They did not address the defense last year. And you see what happens now, Gordon, is they don't have a good enough power play. Last year, they have problems five on five now. So with a bad power play, and Igor Shesterkin being Igor Pedestrian right now, I don't know what's, what the, yeah, the Rangers yeah, are going to do. That even know? jumps out to somebody who is a novice like myself. He does not yeah. seem like the all-world MVP Vesna Trophy winner that he was last year. Yeah, and they didn't address the defense. They let Patrick Nemeth go to, go to the Arizona Coyotes, and then, then they didn't re-sign uh, Braun. But he went back to Philadelphia. So clearly, Hayek is not a, a you know, an NHL player. Neither is Zach, is Zach. So Zach Jones. So they got to address a lot of things. And I, I just, you know, it's early in the season, Gordon. It's twenty games. I don't get crazy. But right now, with the way the Devils and the Islanders have resurged, I mean, I, I give I give the, both those organizations a lot of credit. But the, the Rangers are clearly not. It, would, it bothers me when Jordan Galan's sitting there smiling and stiff, sniffling. Like, this guy should get some neosinephrine or something. Because I'm tired of hearing him sniff every time he comes off the ice. But, I mean, if he's not going to take these losses seriously and come out and smirk and smile on all this crap, then how the hell are the players going to? I mean, it's just a lot. I mean, I couldn't believe it. You know, good gaps in the first 10 minutes, good good back checking. And so all of a sudden, like, it's just like it, it got up to a nothing. I, so I was waiting for them. I said to Anthony this afternoon, you know, I was producing the case show. I didn't get on uh, late late in the game, you know, in the, uh, in the uh, program. But uh, it was Anthony, I said, oh, you're psyched for the Ranger game? He's like, not really. I knew at 2 nothing they were going to blow it out of the lead. I mean, it's just it's not as good a team. And like yeah. I said, you can't have pedestrian goaltending. You can't have good, bad goaltending and win. So, anyway, brother, thanks for the time. Right, thanks, and always thanks enjoy for your program. Yeah, I mean, look, the Devils are, uh, you know, they're red hot they're right now. They're on a roll, man. 16 to 17 now? Uh, yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, that's a, that's a I know. Jack Hughes has turned into the player they thought he was going to be. So, so anyway, thanks, thanks, Gary. Thanks, right, Robbie. Robbie. Thanks for the phone call, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. I hear you. You know, Ranger fans have to be uh, disappointed after the season they had last year. And again, you know, it's 20, what is it, 24, 25 games. So it's not, you know, it's not half the year or anything like that just yet. But uh, there are some, some troubling signs. I don't know what they are. I'm not paying attention that closely. But, uh, you know, Robbie's paying attention. Ranger fans are paying attention. I'm paying attention to the Jets because there's more than enough problems there as well. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go to uh, Kevin is in Harlem. Kevin, you're next up on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, I was just wondering, uh, where do you think Zach Wilson's uh, value is? Do you think he's almost like a 
like a Mitch Trubisky, where it's like he's like if the Jets were going to trade, say they're done with him, they they figure out, you know what? Let's get rid of him. What do you think the value is to get him? So you're a team that needs a quarterback, and why not take a shot at a at a young kid from a dysfunctional franchise? You know. Yeah, look, I, you know, two years in, uh, there's been more than enough guys, and Kevin, thanks for the phone call, that have kind of turned their careers around even after two bad years. Now, they're, they're fewer than their, you know, there's not that many examples of it. It's not commonplace for guys to struggle as much as, as Zach Wilson has struggled these first two years and all of a sudden turn it around and be, you know, not just uh, an NFL quarterback but a top flight guy. But, you know, you brought up Mitch Trubisky. Um, if, if, if Zach Wilson had the, the second year that Mitch Trubisky had, well, then you might say, all right, yeah, we really got some. There might be an organization that says that. But maybe the Jets are better. Like, I almost feel like sometimes you're better off. If you take a quarterback high up, you're almost better off that he just stinks and you know about him right away and you move on right away and you find something else rather than because you take a look at the Bears. That second year, Trubisky had, I think, his best year that year. Um, let me see here. 20, yeah, he threw um, – he completed 66% of his passes. He threw 24 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, so obviously 2-1 to one there. Uh, they went 11-3. and three, And, the, you know, they thought, hey, the, the, the future is bright. And uh, I think it was that year three that he was like a, a high – you know, like a very, like the betting favorite to win MVP. And uh, they never reached those heights again. And they, they stuck with him for another couple of years. Maybe the Jets are better off realizing at this point that this guy is not the guy. And it does kind of make you like there, there's a story to be told of how they got this this wrong. Um, if it turns out that this guy threw, tw- I mean, 20 games, that's that's basically nothing. And you would have to say they made the right call, not just because they won the game, the, they won the game against the Bears. That's not the real story. It's just how much different they have looked. Um, when when Zach you know when uh, Mike White gets an opportunity as opposed to Zach Wilson, I know it's only two games, and there was the the Bills game last year where he did not perform well. Um, but you'd have to say that he even in his short sample size, Mike White has shown you more individually than Zach Wilson has. And to think that the the Jets are having this surprising season, they're in the thick of the playoff chase, they're winning games. And yet they're still pulling the quarterback that they took with the second pick in the draft a year ago. That tells you um, just how much trouble that they have had with the quarterback there and how much he has been holding them back. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number coming up. We'll get more of your phone calls involved. Uh, We'll hear some more sound from earlier today on the K show as well. Lots of stuff to do. It is Gordon Damer. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. 50th anniversary of New York Islanders hockey. And to celebrate, we're giving away tickets to the December 4th matchup against the Chicago Blackhawks at UBS Arena. To enter, download the free ESPN New York app. Scroll down to contest and submit your entries. Brought to you by the New York Islanders. Join in on the fun this season. By grabbing your tickets at NewYorkIslanders.com for full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. Now, we've been talking a lot of Jets tonight. We've mixed in some Giants as well. You know, typical Monday night show, a lot of football. And this is the first time that I got to talk about the, uh, the Giants game, uh, even though, you know, that was on Thanksgiving. But uh, some other things from, from Week 12 that jumped out to me. One, 
as bad as the Jets quarterback situation, however you feel about it, if Zach Wilson's done, if it's Mike White, if you don't know who it is, if they're going to make the playoffs, if they're not going to make the playoffs, at least you are not the Denver Broncos. That contract, I was reading some stuff about it today, about, uh, you know, obviously Russell Wilson's contract is for $245 million, and he is signed through 2028. The earliest they can, he can, they can get out of that contract is 2026. And that's when it'll be a dead cap. I think it's a $35 million. I mean, wow. It's almost impossible to believe that contract has to go down as one of the worst contracts in the history of sports, given that I don't even think his extension kicks in for another two years. He hasn't – it's clear – we're talking about 20 games uh, that, you know, you found out about Zach Wilson in 20 games. The Broncos have found out in half that amount of time that Russell Wilson looks completely washed. I mean, they took on one of the worst teams. They have arguments on the – I mean, wow, what a disaster uh, of a contract that is. Whew. And I I always thought that, you know, like – I thought that that was the right move at the time for the Broncos because clearly they needed a quarterback and Wilson was available. And even if he was, if he was on the downside, they'd still be able to, wow, downside. It was the downside of a mountain right off the cliff. Oh, walk the plank. Oh, my God. There's a guy on TikTok who his whole bit is uh, counting the days until Russell Wilson has as many touchdown passes, I think, has bathrooms in his house. And I think he has he has 12 bathrooms in his house. And still he is not he, he has eight touchdown passes on the season. And it like you have to wonder at this point, will he get to 12 touchdown passes this season? He threw one uh in two games between the Panthers and the Raiders, who are not exactly like, you know, known for their defense this year. So that I mean that is a rough that is a rough way to go for the Broncos. That is just a disaster of a contract. But as bad as that was, has everybody seen the the Sean Taylor statue that the Washington Commanders put? I, I shouldn't even say statue. That's not a statue. That is a display at Dick Sporting Goods. That's what it looked like. It's like a wire mannequin. I don't know another another way to describe it. A wire mannequin that they use to honor one of their great players in the history of the franchise. And what always boggles my mind in situations like that, like do you realize the amount of people that decision has to run through to get approval? Nobody along the way thought, you know what, I think we can do better than a wire mannequin that looks like it it came from Modell's sporting goods from back in the day. I'm not even convinced that that didn't come from Modell's. That was, whew, that was bad. That was the worst decision by a football team that didn't have to do with actual football since, remember that game that the Giants gave everybody a medium Pepsi? Fan appreciation. (laughs) Uh, Those are are long distant memories now. Those don't don't count anymore. But that Sean Taylor statue, oof. I can't even call it a statue. I don't know. it's It's a mannequin. They unveiled a mannequin. Yikes. That's bad. That is bad. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Uh, Richard is in Floral Park. Richard, you're next up on ESPN. Hi, uh, uh, good, uh, good evening. Uh, yeah, so I'm, all, I'm 
calling about uh, obviously the Jets. Um, what I would like, what I don't want, uh, as much of a Jet fan as I, I am, you know, I, I, I I'm going to say my age here. Uh, I've been I've been following the Jets jet since uh, the Testaverde days, uh, and that's when my when I first got into it uh, as a as a little 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 kid. Okay. Um, so. So I've been, you know, obviously I've seen the ups and the downs. Been, you know, and being as I'm a as a Ranger fan and a Mets fan, so I know losses. Seeing how great they are doing this year, I kind of got the same feeling um, with the Jets, and uh, obviously with Zach, but with uh, Mike as well. Uh, I'm getting that, that the same feeling I did, you know being as I'm a Ranger fan and, you know, you don't really follow uh, hockey much. But it rings bells to me in, like, the same matter of speaking in for the Rangers in 2014-2015 season. Remember when uh, Henrik Lundqvist was out for his injury? Okay. And they bring up Cam Talbot. All right. Yeah, I do remember that, actually, a little bit. Yes. Okay. So now Cam Talbot carries the Rangers for the whole season. Right. Everybody's loving the Rangers. Oh my God, the Rangers are going to make it to the playoffs. They're going to make it to the Stanley Cup. Clear, yes, they did. But see, my what I and everyone despised the the, the Rangers coaching and uh, management when Lundqvist comes back and go, okay, well, you know, since he was sitting out for majority of the season, he's definitely our guy for the for the for the playoffs. We need a, we need him because he's he's the guy. Great. But, you know, I look back on it and I go, you know, you probably, what, 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 yes, it could have hurt the Rangers by putting Talbot in and let's say they lost the first seed. So what? You now have, you could have gotten the 16 and 17 season with two fantastic goalies. You could have gone with, with in, in with Cam Talbot and Lund- and Lundqvist, and probably brought brought in a a, a a a Stanley Cup the following season, but so talking going back to the Jets, they should keep. I'm not saying they should keep Zach, but I'm saying what they should do is feel out Mark for a few more games, not two or or three weeks. I'm thinking they should go a little bit more just so that they can see how he handles against a good team, a team Mike that White. is in okay. the well, Look, he, Richard, and, and thanks for the phone call, he's going to get his opportunity to do that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be the, uh, the Bears every week, that's for sure. And, you know, as I said before, if you're going to make the playoffs this year, you're going to be play, you're gonna have to beat some good teams. And I don't think the Jets' schedule – is all that daunting uh, compared to some other teams. But, yeah, I mean, you get the Vikings this week. You get the Bills the week after that. Uh, you, you're home for the Lions, which you would think is is a winnable game. Of course, the Jet, the uh, Giants thought that that was a winnable game. We saw how that went. Uh, the Jaguars, that's not a, a pushover. I don't know that it's, you know, murderer's row. Uh, the Seahawks game in Seattle, that's a tough trip. So if, if Mike White is going – I would say the next two weeks – are the weeks that uh, if Mike White is going to lose the job, these are the weeks that he'll lose it. If he can get the Jets through the Viking and the Bills game and they're still in good shape, it's, it's very hard for me to envision 
that Mike White is not going to continue to be the Jets' starting quarterback. Now, that's a big if because, you know, going to Buffalo, you know, mid-December, that's always a tough spot there. Obviously, the last time that he played the Bills, it did not go well for Mike White. So, um, but uh, I would think that let's see how this season goes with Mike White. I'm not getting my hopes up that all of a sudden he is going to be the long-term answer. But I think it's clear already that you see that Zach Wilson is not the long-term answer. And like, what? How are you going to get Mike? Excuse me. How are you going to get Zach Wilson back in there at some point? Like, even if Mike White stinks, let's say he throws seven interceptions against the Vikings, and you say, you know what, Mike White, clearly we cannot continue to play him as our starting quarterback. It's not all of a sudden like you're going to feel great about Zach Wilson again. You're not going to feel good about Zach Wilson until he does something that makes you feel good. And and really, even in the games where he has played well, um, it's not like he has played out of his mind. It's not like he's he's done amazing things. It's more that you are winning with him, but not because of him. So uh, let's go to Eli in Washingtonville. Eli, you're next up on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Gordon. How's it going? Um, listen, before I get to the Jets, my Jets point, um, it's uh, – the Giants' success, I think, is a double-edged sword because it's kind of hurting them from getting – well, now you kind of stuck with Daniel Jones. And, uh, you know, you have no other, no other, you know, chance to get a high draft pick to pick a quarterback. And I, I believe they went into the trade deadline being like kind of half-pregnant, so to speak, because now instead of getting, you know, Daniel Jones – the you know at least uh, you know like a chase claypool or something like that uh you know now you have to they they didn't do nothing they just didn't give them any add-on pieces just to make that push for the playoffs i want to know what you think about that yeah i mean look it does not feel like the same foregone conclusion that daniel jones is definitely going to be back i think that you know if if it does turn out that the giants if they make the playoffs and, and jones plays you know roughly the way that he's played this season i think the odds increase but i don't i don't think the giants are are married to him um i don't think that 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 decision even though it seemed like a couple of weeks ago everybody was on on board that yeah that's definitely going to happen uh, I don't know that that's necessarily going to be the case. I think it's going to de- it's going to be de- decided by how he, pl- you know, like again, like d- do we sit back and watch like two thirds of a movie and say, man, this is this movie. I know exactly how good this movie. is. No, you have to wait until the entire story is told, and these next what six games, they're going to be major games for for Daniel Jones, for the Giants, for the future of the organization, and if they had one out and said, you know what. Let's get a piece here or a piece there on offense. Then I probably would have felt better about the long-term future of Daniel Jones for sure. But the fact that they weren't adding anything of any significance or giving away anything of any future significance in terms of draft picks or anything like that tells me that it's still a very blank slate for them uh, moving forward. Now, if, if I had to guess, I would think that probably Daniel Jones would be back next year. He's played well enough, but I don't think that they're married to that idea just yet. They want to. I think they want to see the whole story, and they'd be right to. They don't have to make a decision now. Let's see how it goes. I mean, injuries has been a major problem, right, for Daniel Jones. What if he gets hurt here the last six weeks of the season, right? I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of story still to be told, and uh, if they make the playoffs or not, that's that's a major part of it. Because right now, you're right. In terms of where the Giants are at, they're kind of like stuck in the middle. 
and uh, that's the last place you want to be. Either you want to be in the playoffs or you want to be bad. Uh, you, can, you can have a bright future by having that rough first season and getting it out of the way. Clearly, the Giants have won games, and people have been excited about it. But at the end of the day, with an extra playoff team, you are somehow on the outside looking in. Ooh, that's a tough spot to be in, even for year one, even for a rookie head coach, even for a rookie GM. Uh, that's a tough spot to be in if you're the New York Giants. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, we'll get more of your phone calls as we take you up until midnight. It is ESPN New York tonight, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York.